And a very good afternoon. Happy Wednesday. Thanks for joining us. I'm smiling and kind of laughing. I just heard Woodard there with the news update. It's 24, feels like 30 downtown. I was just outside not too long ago, and I thought to myself, it feels kind of cool. feels a little coolish. Isn't it funny how, like, after a couple of weeks of, like, 42 with the Humidex, 30 all of a sudden feels moderate, doesn't it? Okay, first it was toilet paper. Then it was banana bread. And just guess, try to guess what appears to be the newest, the latest pandemic trend. That's right. We all, you know, of course, went to the stores for whatever reason and took every last scrap of toilet paper off store shelves. Then it was banana bread and we couldn't find any flour for a while. Well, apparently, according to those that watch these sorts of things, the newest, the latest pandemic trend, jellied salad. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, that, that's right. Jelly Sellers, we welcome Mariana Robin, who's uh, chuckling along. I don't know about the two of you, but whenever I hear jelly salad, I think family gatherings, grandma's house, and a whole pile of not very good. Baby shower. <laughs> baby shower? That's what I think of. Every single baby shower, every single one of my cousins had. And it was like it was the highlight, right? And there's jello salad. <laughs> was it, though, Mary, the highlight really, truly? Are you a fan of the jello or the jellied salad? No, but they were selling it like that. It's got marshmallows. <laughs> oh. Robert, do you have a. Do you have fond memories of jellied salad? Uh, I mean, my mom didn't make it being Italian. That's not an Italian thing. But I would definitely have it when we'd go to buffets. So, yeah, it was an exciting thing. It was like, oh, my God, it's it's jello. I love jello. And someone thinks it's a salad, so I'm going to eat it. Yeah, I'm okay with the jello, but yeah, I don't know about mixing it with the, you mentioned marshmallows, Barry, but there it seems as if and maybe this was just my grandma's secret recipe or her concoction, but it felt as if she would throw anything and everything that was in the kitchen pantry into that jellied salad. Like you just never knew it was kind of like Christmas fruitcake. You just never knew what you're gonna get when you bit into it. Oh. Army men. We have army men in the jello salad today. I think it was that, and for me it was also the presentation, because I can remember Grandma just plopping it down on the family table there, and it just it bounced around, it jiggled for what seemed like an eternity. It would never just come to a rest on the table. I remember there was jello salad at a holiday gathering that I was at this past uh, holiday season, and all of us were like, oh, Oh, like all of us adults, like, hmm, you know, not trying to offend the the, you know, the host and all of the wonderful other things they put out in the spread. But it was the it was the seventeen year old. He couldn't get enough of it. In fact, at the end of the night, I said to the host, maybe he'd like to take it home with him. He was like over the moon to take the well, jelly salad home. Sounds as if it's making a comeback uh, for a lot of folks uh, all over the place. Jellied salad, you have been warned, it is the uh, newest and latest pandemic trend. Toilet paper, banana bread, now jellied salad. But those three are not the only runaway hits. Not by a long shot, my friends. As this pandemic persists, Canadians also seem to be indulging more than ever in the marijuana. Yes, that's right. Retail cannabis sales have reached a, well, new high. Pun intended. Mitchell Osak is a partner at the MNP law firm where he specializes in cannabis consulting, and he joins us now for more on this here on Global News Radio, 640 Toronto. Mitchell, good afternoon. Hi, Jeff. Great to be here. 
Nice to have you. First of all, thumbs up or thumbs down on the jellied salad? Thumbs down. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> hey, listen, you were preaching to the choir on that one. I feel very, uh, very similar to you. Uh, just how big is this increase that's being reported by StatsCan when it comes to retail cannabis uh, sales reaching a new high? Well, compared to the same month last year, it's over a 100% increase. Compared to the previous month, April 2020, it's about a 2.2% increase. Okay, so those are some fairly substantial uh, numbers. And what is driving this increased demand? Is it people looking for an escape during stressful times? I mean, is it as simple as that? Well, that's part of the reason. And uh, we see that in other quote-unquote vice types of products, uh, including alcohol and tobacco. And we saw that in the 2008 recession. But we're also seeing a number of very positive trends in the industry. One is falling... uh, legal adult use pricing at retail. They, they have come down roughly about 10 to 15% over the past year. And number two is we're starting to get the full effects of edible legalization, which happened last year in October. And we have about 500 products in market now, and that's giving a badly needed boost to the industry. But tell us a little more about the edible uh, market. It's really taking off then. Is it something that could surpass uh, marijuana sales, uh, the marijuana that you smoke? Um, highly unlikely of surpassing it. Even in markets, in mature cannabis legal markets like Colorado, flour still accounts for approximately 50% of all sales. So edibles will not likely take over. But what they are doing is... is um, allowing new uh, consumer groups who are entering the market to partake in the cannabis product without having to smoke or vape it. So what we're seeing now is, I wouldn't say it's a mad rush for edibles products, but certainly steady growth in terms of cookies and beverages and confectionery. Yeah, is this likely a real growth opportunity for legalized cannabis, do you think, uh, Mitchell? Is there likely people maybe sampling right now because of the stressful time uh, that we're in that we were just talking about a second ago, that this could be a real growth opportunity for legalized cannabis and these uh, sales, this growth in sales that might last maybe post-pandemic? I would say yes. Um, If anything, the uh, pandemic has stunted. Um, what was uh, previously a lot more robust market growth. And and we can understand why, because stores were closed and um, people have a lot of insecurity around jobs and so on and so forth. But despite the the headwinds uh, with pandemic and store closures and the fact that we still have a dearth of stores in Ontario and Quebec, which represents about 65% of total cannabis consumption in Canada, the, the industry is doing quite well in aggregate. Individually, by store level, you know, many um, retail operators are having a difficult time. And I was going to ask you about that. Uh, Does this explosion or growth in sales during the pandemic, does this come close to the projections or where we thought we would be when it comes to legalized retail sales of a cannabis? Because as you just referenced, and we've talked to several store owners uh, over the past year, year and a half uh, here on the show, it just hasn't exactly turned out for a lot of folks to be that so-called golden ticket that they thought it would be. Uh, Jeff, you're, you're bang on correct. And I think the issue was misplaced expectations. Um, I, I, I want to be clear and say that Canadians are not smoking less cannabis. But what has been disappointing to the industry is that the uptake of sales of legal cannabis 
has not gone as quickly and as high, pardon the pun, as, as, as was expected. So for 2020, um, we're anticipating uh, legal cannabis sales in Canada to total $2.2 billion. A previous estimate done by CIBC had that number about six months ago at $3 billion. And the, and the early boosters of legalization thought that number would have hit $4 billion from now. There's a lot of good reasons why the number is not there, but it is growing slower than expected, but it is growing. And if you look at the total economic impact of the cannabis industry across Canada and according to Stats Canada, the industry is worth over $8 billion now in total economic activity. So it is big time. It's just taking a little slower uh, time to get there. And is that because legalized cannabis? Uh, I mean, it's a well-known secret that many Canadians were indulging in cannabis before it was legalized, and uh, a lot of people already had their supplier. But maybe with this a pandemic and the growth in sales, are people trying it again for the first time that hadn't for various different reasons? And are they more likely to go to a legalized store, do we think? Okay, so there's a lot to unpack with that really good question. So what we've seen in uh, during the pandemic times is a lot of new uh, uh, cannabis consumers who were formerly in the market, let's say as, as uh, young adults smoking and who left the industry and left uh, legal and illegal sales, have been coming back and sampling edibles and cannabis again for the first time. So old users coming back into the industry. What we're also seeing are groups that, we're really uh, sort of low-volume consumers um, uh, right now, let's say like seniors and so on, who are also coming in and trying it for the first time. So what we're seeing is um, traditional users continuing to consume heavy, heavy amounts of cannabis. That hasn't changed. But new user groups coming into the market, partially because of edibles, but partially because they want to try new regulated and safe cannabis that's being produced by Canadian licensed producers. Joined by Mitchell Osak, he's a partner at MMP Law Firm, where he specializes in cannabis consulting. Mitchell, also wanted to ask you, while we have you here, about cannabis lounges, because there's recently released documents that show a real sharp divide between health officials and business. And what is the big concern here when it comes to cannabis lounges? Uh, that's an 850-page document. So there is lots of concern. Um, I would say if you're looking at it from um, people who are against uh, the lounges, that runs the, the gamut from your typical public health officials to schools to people who um, believe in temperance both around alcohol and cannabis. And their objections are around safety and public health and, and access and uh, long-term impl implications around smoking and driving. On the other hand, you do have certain industry groups that are lukewarm for cannabis lounges, but they want those cannabis lounges to be introduced, if they are ever introduced, in a fair manner that entails free and open competition for everybody. They don't want certain kinds of businesses having an unfair advantage uh, through the ability to sell cannabis as well as food. Okay, would the argument from the industry business interest be that uh, really a cannabis lounge is not that much different from a bar? Instead of serving alcohol, we are serving cannabis, which is a uh, now legal product uh, in the country. So are we likely eventually, do you think, 
following that train of thought, are we likely to see them someday? Um, yes. If you don't want me to define someday, I think that will inevitably happen. I don't see that happening in the short term because, you know, our government has a lot of other priorities. Um coping with COVID and a potential economic recession, as well as sure. a, whole host of, a whole host of other things. But there's no reason why in the province of Ontario, we can't have a cannabis consumption model, which is similar to what you'll see in Amsterdam and what's being envisioned in some U.S. legal states, where people can safely consume the product in very controlled conditions. And if one believes that cannabis should be on a level playing field in alcohol, then I think that will come to pass. The question is when, and I don't think the government has, the Ontario government has a timetable for that to happen. I mean, your point's well made about the COVID uh, pandemic and crisis. There's concerns about just opening uh, alcohol bars uh, right now and gatherings where perhaps physical distancing is not being followed. And I'm sure that that is going to put off cannabis lounges even further uh, down the road. Uh, Mitchell, I'll have to leave it there for now. Believe it. Uh, uh, sorry. Yeah. Appreciate the time. Thank you so much uh, for joining us. Be safe. Thank you. You as well. That's Mitchell Osak, partner at MNP Law Firm, where he specializes in cannabis consulting.